Improvise. Adapt. Uh, Agile. Uh, yep. Strength. <laughs> intelligence and charisma. You're very good at improvising, Chase. Yeah, clearly. Man, I tell you what. Give me a word. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we refuse to participate in this with you any longer. All right. Well, good, because things are changing. What? And I refuse to participate in a system that doesn't work anymore. Mm. And that's why I'm bringing to the table today some changes, some uh, restructuring of a brand. I like board meeting, Chase. Maybe even a business model. <laughs> Let's take what we have and uh, quintuple it. And make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Something we didn't even think was possible. I know. I want, instead of one building, I want five. Let's go. In many different locations, mm-hmm. two of them kind of close together. Yes. <laughs> How does that sound? Sounds great. Uncomfortably right, great. close yeah. together. We call that the Chick-fil-A model. Wait, isn't oh my there one gosh. two miles down the yeah. road? Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting like, for them to put two right next to each other. And they both they both would be it would work. busy the whole time. Can they share a parking lot though so the parking is not so godforsaken and scorched earth? It would need to be like a church sized parking lot. <laughs> Honestly. Man. I'm just tired of that freaking loop that no one's considerate. And letting you pass through, like it needs two lanes around. That's all why the you got to order online and park next door and walk through the bushes. Walk in. I've done mm-hmm. the Chili's walk. Before. Yeah, <laughs> the Chili's walk. <laughs> that is a thing here. The Chili's walk. Yeah. No one's at Chili's. I'll park over yeah. there. <laughs> what we're saying already on this episode, though, is that Coyote Fitness is clearly better at scaling than Chick Fil A. That's, oh, that's what we're talking that's about. That's a bold proclamation. Per- per- <laughs> <laughs> that is a bold statement. I don't think anybody's better at scaling than Chick Fil A. Mm, yeah. Maybe Walmart. True statement. But we have uh, dipped our toe in the water. Some things have been changing behind the scenes that our uh, uh, athlete base has noticed in classes and at locations. And we're just going to have a conversation today about what those things are. Maybe what led to some of those things. State of the union kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's very presidential. And uh, speaking of presidential, we have Caleb. We, uh, <laughs> we, have, we have Caleb with us today. Of which club? <laughs> President of the Coaches Club. I don't know. We'll make, we'll make up a club. Why not? We'll improvise. Yeah, we'll improvise. Caleb, welcome back to the Coyote Fitness Podcast Studio. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Your hair has changed. It's getting longer. Yeah, you do, are you on purpose? It's getting colder. Uh, mm. So it helps. I remember right. when my oh. hair used to grow. Way back when. Let's take a moment. It still grows. It's just in different parts. <laughs> yeah, now. That's, right. that's right. All right. So let's get to the meat of this episode. What, Sounds the, good. The changes that have been happening as an athlete, I've noticed a lot of those things. You walk into the gym like, oh, that's a little different. Uh, all better. Like none of them are problems, but it would be cool to kind of know the backstory of what led to those things and maybe the zigs and the zags of how that how this expansion has gone especially for the two of you guys you've also been working out at a different gym as well so things yeah. are a little bit different for you yeah huge benefit for me very thankful <laughs> short drive yes it is a short drive <laughs> yeah, yeah and so i've been more consistent because of it actually more consistent than last year yeah well no 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 i'm saying over last year it helped me hit that oh uh, i got you i yeah. got you um yeah so uh over the last <clears throat> 12 months we expanded and purchased two gyms so now we have five locations and um it's been a lot going into that we've also had some coaches moving around and uh changing locations uh so it's been it's been kind of a whirlwind it's been a lot of fun but uh the kind of dust is kind of starting to settle now and uh, we're able to uh i guess kind of get our feet back under us and really really uh press forward but it's been it's been a lot of a lot of a lot of moving parts a lot of logistics um, but I mean, it was one of those things where opportunities presented themselves and 
uh, we we wanted to uh, you know take advantage of those opportunities because you know that you know in this industry especially they don't come along that often or good opportunities don't come along that often so when they do um, we really want to make sure we're ready to uh, to press forward and um, continue to help you know pursue our mission of having an impact and improving the quality of life of a million people especially in the state of Mississippi so um, yeah it's been a lot of fun but uh, uh, we've been uh, we've been working really hard too. No doubt about it. I mean, well, that's an audacious goal. I mean, a million people, that's a big goal, right? Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, we, we had set that, um, what was that, probably three year, three years ago, Caleb, four yep. years ago at our offsite. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where you, obviously we're not going to have a million members, but the goal is to have such an impact on uh, our members that they have, they're able to spread that influence out to people that in their circle who might not come to the gym, uh, maybe who, you know, they come in contact regularly or they live somewhere else or they're on social media and also through our podcast and through social media and everything. We just want to, we want to have an impact on, on that many people and keeping that in mind with our decisions uh, makes you make decisions a little bit different, you know? And so that's kind of a, kind of an exercise we went through, through some of the reading and uh, stuff that I've been doing, but it makes us, makes you think a lot bigger than you have been normally. If you put, put some big, scary, audacious goal out there. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. We have uh, a very consistent family, one of the original families of our Flowood location. And so the dad, his daughters are there. She, one of his daughters gets engaged. Her fiance joins the gym. He's doing the beach body challenge right now, just seeing phenomenal results. Well, his mom just joined the gym after seeing this family that he's about to marry into being so connected to the gym and pursuing health that's just radically different than most of the cultural adults in Mississippi, I guess, and grandparents even now. And so um, that's just an example of the influence that we didn't really know until he told me last night that, oh, yeah, this guy's mom has joined the gym, not one of our gyms. It's in a smaller town, but uh, it's just really cool to hear stories like that. We're kind of reaping the benefits of just trying to impact people as best we can, the people that we have come in the door, and just trusting that if their life is changing, they're going to go and be the best marketing that we could have. So that was a cool thing that I don't, I don't even know if I told Hunter that last night, that I was like, man, that's really exactly what we mean when we say a million people. It's just having the opportunity to hear stories of people who are impacting or we're impacting their life through fitness and they're going to their family wherever they live. That brings up a good question. You said the reaping the benefits of kind of just making that your goal has your goal led you guys to like pursue this expansion or are these just opportunities that fell in your lap that you had to kind of have some discernment like is this the next path we want to take you know what's that what's that process been like expansion was definitely uh part of the plan Mm -hmm. um i knew a while ago that i wanted to add multiple locations to cody um so that i mean that's that's kind of part of it and it's funny when you lay out a plan on paper and you start really thinking about it and working towards it. It's funny how opportunities kind of just start presenting themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe you just can see them. Uh, it's kind of like when you buy a blue car, suddenly there's just yeah, always all right, the cars yeah. are blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're constantly uh, have your sight set on something every day, um, you're going to, if that, if, if whatever you're working for starts coming, you know, something that's going to help you get there presenting itself to, you, you're going to recognize it where maybe if you didn't have it at the front of your mind, you wouldn't recognize it. Um, but yeah, no, that was definitely always, always part of the plan was to, to add multiple locations. And, um, you know, for me, 
it's number one, a great opportunity to help impact a lot of other people. But number two, um, what really gets me excited is the opportunity to be able to provide um, career opportunities for people like Caleb and our other full-time coaches to be able to do what they love and also have an impact on other people because it's such a rewarding job. And I really enjoy being able to help uh, people do what they love and also, you know, do it and make a, make a good living doing it. And, um, you know, kind of grow as coaches and as leaders and influencers. And that's, that's one of the most rewarding parts of my job as well is yeah. being able to add more people like that to our team. No doubt. It's really funny when we, when we met, I remember a couple of years ago uh, when the opportunity to, to take over the gym in Flowood and to add a second gym. I remember when Hunter sat down, we, you know, me and you and Chris just sat in a room and we were like starting these, you know, uh, ideas and getting them on paper and it feels like super out in space and way up in the clouds to do that but then like you said all of a sudden when you write things down and you set a goal you you don't realize how the opportunity that it's going to be to be there and to achieve that goal starts to make itself known and if you would have never just sat down and wrote it down on paper or set a goal that's way further maybe than you think is possible all of a sudden the steps you kind of just like accidentally fall into the next decision that helps you get to that goal. And so that was a really good process for me personally, just, you know, having Hunter have that kind of, I guess the long-term view. Um, And then once you put it on paper, all of a sudden it's like, all right, the next step becomes very easy, very accessible. And all of a sudden you give yourself time and all of a sudden you're 10 steps down the road and you're right there. It sounds like you guys are describing all the conversations we've actually had about personal fitness journeys. Mm-hmm. It's very applicable. They they cross over, you know, and there's usually this motivating factor, Hunter, listening to you. That that day you were sitting at your desk and you're like, I hate this. <laughs> and you, you jumped out. You're like, there's yeah. got to be something better. I think part of um, what I appreciate most about this business model is there's a huge heart driver to this. And what you just said exposed that, Hunter. Like, I want more people to have the opportunity that I've had living this life that is very fulfilling. Right. Caleb, you said, you know, it, it's that we want to impact a million people. It's not that we want a million paying customers. That, yeah. that wasn't the goal. Those are two different things. I think that shows up in the heart of what you guys do, just walking in to be a part of the community. You can feel that even if you can't describe why it's there. Absolutely. And, um, you know, a lot of that has to do, I think, with where we're located in Mississippi and when, when we first opened up, I had, it was really, really hard to grow the gym. We would, it would be hard to convince people to join, um, hard, hard to convince people to stick around. And I was getting really frustrated because I see other people running gyms in other parts of the country, like Austin, Texas, or LA or New York. And I'm like, man, it's, you don't have to convince people there that health and fitness is important because that's just part of the lifestyle out there. Like, I remember going to a competition in Austin and driving to the to the competition on Saturday morning, and we drew, drove by this park, and there were literally hundreds, if not thousands, of people in the park running or you know exercising. Like there's yoga classes, there's stuff like that going on, and I'm like, none of that stuff goes on in Mississippi. Like right. if you go drive by a park on a Saturday, you might see a couple people out there with their dogs, but you don't see people out there doing yoga class. And so that just you know, health and fitness is at the bottom of the priority list in Mississippi and in, in the deep South. And so it's, it's been an uphill battle, but I, I've started to change my, um, my perception of it from uh, a detriment to a huge opportunity because 
you know, we have an opportunity to do something that nobody else has been able to do, which is make health and fitness a priority. And, you know, one of my goals long term is is to make Mississippi move it up from the 50th place on the health and fit, or, you know, on, on the, all the health metric categories mm-hmm. that we're always dead last on, yep. um, and move start moving up the, the leaderboard. And I mean, obviously we don't have near enough members to have an impact on that number currently, but if we can eventually reach our goal or impacting that many people, <clears throat> maybe we can, you know, have a, have an impact on, on the state as a whole. And so that's something that we really, really strive for. And, that, and we really have a heart for this state. It's kind of like when you're, when you're younger and you grow up in Mississippi, you're always thinking, or at least I was, man, I can't wait to get out of here. Like there's so much more going on other places of the world. And as I've gotten older, like, man, I love living here. There's so many great people and I want to, you know, help this, uh, this, this, this state grow. And, um, I want to be a part of it, um, improvement. And, um, and when so many of the people I went to high school and college with, you know, got their degrees and, and headed out, they moved to Nashville or Dallas or whatever to where the action was. And, um, I, I think they call it the dra- the brain drain um, yeah, in Mississippi. Absolutely. Um, all these people get educated here and then leave. And so I, I, I don't want to be one of those. I want to be one that's bringing value to the state, not taking taking value from it and then leaving. Yeah. So problem solving has been a big part of that, uh, Caleb. I know you're a you're a problem solver. That's kind of what drives you, at least from my view. Like, hey, we got a problem here. How do we solve this? Let's try this. Let's try that. And nutrition comes in as a big part of that, kind of trying to build this comprehensive approach. What about the scaling has been the most exciting for you? Um, I think, you know, ultimately for like what Hunter said, Hunter told me something at our first, the first time when I came on full time and we had our end of the year meeting. And he said that one of the most exciting parts of his job was getting to work with me, you know, and he phrased that towards me. But now as our team grows, we all feel that way about each other. And so, the exciting thing I think for us right now is we get to provide opportunities for people who feel the same way that Hunter does to also get to do that full time. And so there's an aspect of business where we've learned that if we don't make money, we can't provide those opportunities and we can't impact a million people. And so how do you have a smart business that provides opportunities for people, um, but also is sustainable for people too? Because Mm -hmm. if you're here for five years and then you have to close the doors, that doesn't really help people at the end of the day. And so learning about that process, learning about how can we impact people in a smart way that's sustainable so that we can impact people and their kids can come through kids class and, you know, go and play sports, but also think of us as a resource for them. How can we impact their life 20 years down the road by learning maybe about how important it is to eat well and to make the less popular decision in the moment so that for the next 40 years of your life, you're not slowly kind of paying the price of the current lifestyle as far as diet goes. And so for us, being able to have a team where we all get an opportunity to do that, that's incredibly fulfilling about growing mm-hmm. is all of a sudden now our our quarterly meetings or our end of the year review meetings are growing. And all of a sudden now we've got six, seven people um, when it was, you know, me, Hunter and Chris, just it seems like yesterday trying to think, you know, what's our mission statement going to be? And now all of a sudden we've got seven people who leave that meeting every quarter and are fired up about going and not only being the hardest worker in the room, but the impact and the stories they get to hear all the time. So so that's been exciting. The stories that we, every single night, you know, I leave the gym and it's like I'm calling Hunter and telling him about something somebody told me from the gym that I didn't have any idea was going on with them. And they feel confident to come and tell me 
you know, let me tell you about my doctor's appointment I had, things like that. The stories, they don't happen every day, but over time you realize, man, that is what's fun about the scope of as we grow, we get to hear the stories more and more often, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's funny, speaking on the quarterly meeting, we have our next one uh, this weekend, and I was kind of looking back, and I wanted to review the, the pre, you know, 2021 and everything, so I was looking at our first quarterly meeting, and I thought that more people were at it than were actually there, and so... <laughs> I was like, man, we've uh, only a year ago we had there's like there's going to be I think three or four people at our meeting that weren't even there this time last year, and so I thought that was that was really cool. We got another new person that's going to be there, and it seems like everyone we're having to fill people in on what's been going on and where we're at, and 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 jumping ahead ahead that aspect. But you know, speaking to what you asked about Caleb with the um, you know what excites him, I think what Caleb and I really work well together because what he uh, excites him is I think taking a plan and uh, getting down into the the details of implementing it which I, I don't like doing that type of stuff I like coming up with the plan like uh, for example Wait, real convenient yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, not convenient. I'm serious that actually shocks really? me because I would I would not describe you that way would so, you, does that shock you Chase? I, there's certain there's de- like coming up with the details of what needs to be done I like doing to but it's uh, sorry sorry <laughs> I, but so, for example, we go and we look at a new facility and I can look at it and say, all right, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. This needs to be done. But when it comes to actually doing it, I don't like doing that part <laughs> well, of it. I can see, see you getting more like gratitude and fulfillment and like going yeah. and like having yeah. a I can identify. Yeah. 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 So so like we need to create a um, a cleaning checklist. That's something that we were talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, we've been talking about this week is creating a clean checklist that we can make sure is uh, checked off every single. We've we've had different variations, but I want we need to have a uniform one, you know, pretty across all locations. But like actually thinking, all right, what what needs to be done on this day and creating it and putting it together. I don't, you know, that kind of stuff. Like I I I just don't like doing it. it. It's very draining for me. But I think that's something that Caleb really enjoys because he put it together in like 10 minutes. He's like, what do you think about this? You I know? don't know about 10 minutes. Maybe I just made it look that way. <laughs> I was up all night. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. You don't appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, man. I, this is totally uh, outside of our. Um, it's like outside the box kind of. Yeah. I was trying to dodge <laughs> that that statement, but I'm shadowing there. Yeah. I, I had the opportunity to walk through another uh, gym, which doesn't happen very often. I'm, I'm usually trying to get to my own. Um, this gym has full time. Uh, cleaning staff sort of place and uh i was like man my the place where i work out every location i've ever been in is more clean than this that was crazy to me i'm like this is this is literally blowing my mind but it's because there's an emphasis there's a focus there and i've seen over the years everything is just dialing in it's it feels like everything's constantly dialing in from my point of view if you guys run up against something that you can't dial in, it means you need to get rid of it. I don't know if that's how you guys talk about it, but that's how I experience it. There's definitely an aspect of I think we enjoy and the more motivated we are, the more progress we see, the more we get closer to that mission and start really really reaping the rewards of the planning. All of a sudden, it's easier to have the more challenging conversations and to raise the expectation level of our team and um, you know, cause everything starts with our team and we, I think it, it becomes one of those things where that's the culture where we work really hard and we're okay. Accepting feedback. It goes back to what you were saying about tying in being an athlete and how that mimics in our business model. You mm-hmm. could say 
and just the desire for progress. It's why we love exercise in general. It's why we love fitness. Um, but it also translates to growth. And so for us, we really have it. We set the bar high and we accept the fact that it's more beneficial to us for someone to tell us the, the right way, but for someone to tell us something that we need to elevate the expectation for. Mm-hmm. And so a cleaning is a really easy, it's tangible, either the bathroom's clean or it's not, that's very tangible. Um, and so I think that's one reason why I like those, the aspects of facilities and operations is because it's really easy to see if the product shelf is empty or if it's full and it looks clean. So mm-hmm. I think I kind of operate that way. And so those are the things I gravitate towards, but hard conversations are a part of it. When we train coaches, now that we talk about, you know, as our uh, employee base is kind of growing, it becomes important that when we do the training that we hire people and we have people on the team who, who enjoy feedback for what it offers them as an opportunity to excel in their job. Cause that's just the culture. Feedback is probably one of the most important things I would say. And it's something that we used to not ever do. And, uh, I, especially not me. I never, I, I couldn't stand like telling somebody that they need to improve in a certain area. I would just kind of stew over it and stew over it and stew mm-hmm. over it and just get madder and madder and madder about something. If I saw something continually going on and now I've realized like if I see something that needs to be done, I need to address it immediately. And it's, it's part of the expectation when people join the team is you're going to get feedback. It's not a judgment of you as a person. It's just saying this is an area that you can improve on. Um, and the feedback, you know, some of the feedback we've been given recently, a lot of it has to do because we purchased two gyms in two months and we've really overextended ourselves a little bit. I wouldn't say overextended, but got um, into a position where we're really just trying to hold on until we can add people to our team and we still need to add people to our team, you know, and, and I, I completely am aware that we've stretched our team, you know, probably a little bit past their capacity, but every time you get stretched past your capacity, when you pull back a little bit, your overall capacity is in, increased. And so that's kind of where we're at is we've kind of stretched, uh, stretched past our capacity a little bit. And some, there's some small things that have kind of fallen through the cracks and now we're having to adjust back and, and make sure things are, um, are you know getting done and taken care of and that includes you know having some hard conversations I had multiple uh hard conversations this week and uh that's stuff that I would have shot away from or put off or like I'll talk to him about it tomorrow but now I've realized like I need to talk address this right now I'm going to go up there right now and talk to them about this or if I see something I address it now and I've also gotten better to be able to look at what needs to what I need to be looking at and uh and addressing and talking about and people understand like We've had some hard conversations. We've had some hard um, uh, year-end reviews, but people are learning that it's not personal. It's not a, a, a indictment of you as a person. It's just this is an area that needs to be improved because um, we want to uphold the highest standard. And so that that is so important to, to us, I feel like. It really is. And, I mean, we talk – I, when we train coaches and we talk about what the culture is, that that's going to be something that's part of the process. It's like our members come to us and we, when we coach, if we give someone a cue that helps them get their first muscle up, that is the greatest gift that you could ever give someone, right? In that mm-hmm. moment is if you help them just make an easy cue, which it probably doesn't happen that way often, but if there's one thing 
that can make a thruster a little bit easier. And I told that to you, Ben, you would love, you would love me for that. Yeah. Like you and I would be Even tied more. together forever. <laughs> right? Like if you gave someone that ben feedback. Said, Go ahead and tell me something. Yeah. Like, let's right? uh, pause. Let's talk about it. So the whole dynamic of that is as a coach, people come to you because you can give them a cue that's going to improve whatever it is that they're working towards. And so for us in work should be that way. Like that should be the culture of work. Um, you know, like we, we can talk theoretically about this, but Hunter called me after our meeting on Monday and had one of those corrections for me that was very direct. It was very like easy to adjust, and that makes it easier for me to have those conversations with one of the coaches that I'm working with. And so, I mean, I can think of two that I've had this week that's exactly what he's talking about, mm-hmm. that, hey, that probably wasn't the most professional way to do that. I think in the future we want to make sure that, um, you know, we uphold a standard that is – professional and whatever it is and so let's let's not do that again let's try to correct that in this way um because it's going to have an impact on everyone so it's like okay cool thanks for telling me i had no idea and then that makes it easier for me yesterday to have a conversation with a coach that um, helps him be more professional because in the end it benefits him to be seen as a professional or her and so that's kind of like it just becomes fun when you can do it in the right way and you have the right, um, you the have right to tone. The culture for that is so important because if it's not, if it comes out that, of nowhere, yeah, then it's it like, happen man, regularly. That, that just like caught me way <laughs> yeah. off guard. Yeah. But if it happens regularly and you're inclusive and you're all partaking in becoming better, then it's like you hit that rhythm and it's like you're all moving towards progress. And so, um, yeah. But go ahead. Well, getting back to what we were, how, kind of how this conversation started. I love how this is coming full circle. It feels like the most important thing is for you to have a larger goal that's outside of yourself for those kinds of things to happen. Absolutely. You got to have some alignment around that. And even for an athlete, it's like, I've got a larger goal that's outside of myself. I mean, people talk about this a lot. If your goal is selfish, it's probably going to play out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But if your goal is, I want to change how my family views health or uh, one of my goals, I, I wasn't even thinking about this when I started CrossFit, but this year, one of my goals is, I want to spend as much time around my son as possible in this environment. And that's not about me. That's about our relationship. Mm -hmm. That's about him just locking in this fitness thing so that he doesn't go through what I went through of, well, now, and this is a Mississippi deal, now that sports are over, so is my fitness. Mm -hmm. He's not going to struggle with that. He's going to be able to, like, like, lifelong, a barbell for him isn't associated with football. It's associated with time with his father, time in a community, time around other men. Those are much bigger things, and that's why I'm going to hit those goals this year because it's outside of me. You know, It's not about I want to get to a certain percentage body fat. Yeah. I, I love the aspect of our gyms of the families that come and work out and the kids that come and work out with their parents. And I think it's so valuable for a 12, 13, 14-year-old kid to spend time around adults every day who are pushing themselves and trying to be better versions of themselves and being treated like an adult when they're in the gym that nobody treats them like a, like a kid, like, um, you're, you're, you know, the adults are doing adult stuff over here. You, you go over there in the kid's corner, like the kids right there with the adults and beating them in workouts and stuff. And I think it's so valuable. And I've seen it so often over the years, these kids that come consistently, their confidence just improves so much. And they're, they're like, I've seen kids that won't even look you in the eye when they join the gym. And then in six months, they're, they're, they're giving you a, you know, a, di- a zinger, but you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, where did that come from? I like it, you know? And so it's, 
it's it's so it's so important and, and my kids will spend you know they'll be in the gym all the time and not because I'll force them to but you know you want them to to enjoy being there and make that a part of that habit because they enjoy the benefits of it they enjoy being around people and make an environment where it's fun and then you know when your son he he wants to be in there because he gets to hang out with his dad you know and his mm-hmm. dad's friends and he's treated like a peer um, whereas, you know, kind of the way a lot of us grew up was, you know, you go sit at the kid's table while the adults are having their meeting, you know, That's whatever. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you only speak when spoken to, right. I mean, we're normalizing four people and I think this is awesome. And, and maybe a future episode or conversation, we're normalizing hard work and success. I mean, those, those two things are being normalized inside of coyote mm-hmm. and that that's awesome. And those things being connected, I think is a big deal. Like this is going to be difficult. But if you do the difficult things, you're going to get the results that you're after. I definitely want both of my sons to have that locked in before they leave mm-hmm. my house. And it's not just sitting around in the living room or giving big speeches. And another part of that is my son sees me fail on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I've got to handle that, you know. Yeah, so. every, every day you're in there, there's or there's certain times in workouts where everybody has those doubts creep in where I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to finish this. Mm-hmm. And But you finish and you teach yourself. You know, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, or maybe it was really bad, but I was able to persevere and get through, and, and and it's such a valuable lesson that you can apply to any area of life. And if you're doing that day in and day out, it's just going to help you in every aspect uh, of your life, whether that's in sports that you play outside the gym or just in business or in life or in school or anything, like learning the value of hard work and um, having a goal, and when you start something, you finish it, you know. That's clutch, isn't it? I mean, you guys talk about this all the time, but – you didn't set uh, a goal in that meeting, in these meetings that you have, which I'd love to in the future have a conversation about what led to that structure. Uh, but you didn't say, hey, we want fathers and sons to develop healthier relationships. Mm-hmm. That This is just like a side benefit of a way of life, which is pretty cool. If I can say, too, I think it's surprising that you think that it's a father and son place, but we have a lot of moms that their daughters come into the gym and they see them and they, like, it's amazing how I think even just weightlifting is such a surprising thing that teenage girls and young girls, we have gymnast girls that do gymnastics and they come in and they love Olympic weightlifting because they're really good at it because Mm. they have, you know, they have these years of gymnastics. And And so they come in and they find something that's like, Oh wait, I can do that too. And so it really is amazing how diverse of a group, what we're talking about speaks to like, just hard work and trying something new and being willing to accept correction and for it to pay off to receive correction and to have something that you're doing quote unquote wrong and then have someone say, Hey, if you try it this way and then you do it and it clicks and it's like, okay, all of a sudden you're learning that feedback is a good thing Mm -hmm. and it's okay to do something and for it not to be right. And then to try again and for it to become right. And there's a, there's a physical component to it feels easier when I do it right, but also there's a lot of lessons that that teaches people in life, and that translates to confidence because you're not afraid to be wrong because mm-hmm. every day you show up and you do something, it's like, oh, I probably could do that better. You know, there's never a limit. No one ever gets past fitness. Um, and so it's just really cool the the amount of people that their relational lives improve um, that we didn't expect. Or I guess we knew would happen, but we didn't reap the benefits of it immediately. Mm-hmm. It just starts to flow, and all of a sudden, as you grow, you get more of those, and it's like, man, this is where a million people becomes a reality. Yeah. 
Man, what a fascinating conversation. Yeah. It just spills out, doesn't it? It's the fun. Benefits it's really out. fun, man. It, it, it's really fun to have been a part of this journey with uh, these people and set a plan and, you know, see it to, you know, start to come to fruition in ways that you could never, ever have imagined, you know, three or four years ago. Um, and it's just exciting to think about what that means for the future if we continue on this path and continue to have, you know, add more people uh, to our team who who are bought in and excited about the the, the vision uh, to see where we'll be in another you know three to five years and um, I, it just it it fires me up and gets me excited to to go to work every day when I get to you know work with with like minded people who are all headed in the same direction. That was nice. <laughs> Chase is inspired. I just instantly thought we probably don't say that enough in our lives. Man, that was nice. That was yeah. nice. Yeah, so you need to acknowledge the wins. Mm-hmm. It's a final thought on that whole segment. Acknowledge <laughs> the wins. Yeah. Um. All right. So in the midst of our our changes, which were wildly successful, by the way, fantastic, man. Overall, just great job, Hunter. Um, <laughs> uh, did you talked- pick up on that, Caleb? Because I did. <laughs> we've talked about tweaking the podcast a little bit. All right. Now we're not changing names, mm-hmm. you know, we're not changing people. Matter of fact, we're bringing more people into yeah, the table, yeah, yeah. right? Um, speaking of scaling, speaking of scaling, let's scale back. <laughs> <laughs> See, guys, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, first and foremost, Ben, please. Outside the box, reworked edition. Reworked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're Hunter's wanting to kind of take this segment into a little bit of a different direction. I feel it's worth calling out so that people aren't. This is people's favorite segment, you know. So yeah. when it changes, you got to tell people, <laughs> like, "Hey, Big Ben, talk about the Olympics." Yeah, exactly. Right. Let's fumble for a little while. <laughs> we're kind of wanting to move towards more of a, almost like a conversation, like, open mic. Yeah, mm-hmm. like almost like a more of a discussion yeah. rather than like a pointed situational list, stuff like yeah. that. It's more like a prove you're cool. What's yeah. going on in okay. your life? Yeah, what's going on in your life outside the box? What's the fun stuff that you're getting to do in your life? Maybe not even the fun stuff. What's just, what is your non-fitness life looking like right now? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like this is really going to hurt my public reputation but i'll do it anyway great because you don't sake, have anything fun going for on the sake of the cause. no because chase knows this i'm just i'm really quirky with the things that i take the deep dive he on. he comes to work he what are you taking a lunch dive with somebody on you started um, baking didn't you <laughs> <laughs> no i mostly just like have a youtube life of things that i wish i could do but no yeah so um right now i'm really digging into overlanding and trying to figure out how to take my sons and say we're leaving in the truck, and wherever we stop, we can sleep because everything's right here in the vehicle. What is overlanding? Can I tell you, we just, we just had two of our members take off on a trip. They left yesterday to go overlanding. Stop. Were they North friends Georgia, already, or North is it Georgia. like an experiment? No, dad, son, oh, okay. grandson, <laughs> family, six guys. They just they There's something really compelling suburban. about it. They, yeah. they, they what is overlanding? I don't even know what that is. I've never even heard that word. That's crazy to me. You don't. I've know never heard of it. Either. I just learned uh, okay. like two weeks ago. It's basically like uh, I don't know the true definition. I'm just learning about it. But you have a vehicle, and in that vehicle is everything you need, and that can be like very basic. Like we're going to start very small, and it escalates all the way up to we've got the new Tesla. Yeah, that apparently is made for overlanding. Yeah, we've got portable showers. Elon's in the so smart. We've God, got our. We him. have our own uh, power supply. We've got solar on top. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, you know, you can. It's like anything you could throw a couple of hammocks in the back and have an air mattress in your truck or, or suburban water or 
you could go solar, you've got a tent on top, and you, you don't have to go to a campsite. You can literally just find a beautiful place, stop, and then you have everything you need, even to the kitchen personal hygiene level. When I was a kid, that was called vacation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, ever, ever heard of a station? <laughs> no, no Disney this year. <laughs> you can look backwards out the window. Yeah. I, I don't know. The thing that I wonder about this is, is it is there land that's set aside for this activity? Because someone owns every piece of land. That's true. So you're either on someone's land mm-hmm. and you just parked your car and you're a hobo or you're at a place like a park or something that may be set up for that. That's what I'm not sure about. Well, I think our, the, the place that we live in the country, just like we were speaking about kind of limits our options. There are lots of places in other States like this is a big, beautiful place and hundreds and hundreds of acres. And you're not like pulling up on Mr. Smith's property. <laughs> he's going to shoot you, you know? So that is one of the many risks of living in the deep is south. Is this something that you you've been watching on YouTube or something? That's it, yeah, on YouTube. But I've figured out it's it can get pretty expensive. Like the more that you accessorize, oh, I'm sure. Are you I watching just, that dude from Minnesota that has the the what is this a thing you put on the bed of your truck to turn it into like a cabin? Um, well, they have racks that can that can do that, but like a cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've well, never known the real name. There are for tons that. of them, and I'll just say this out loud: the more redneck, the better. Because uh-huh. these guys, I heard a guy yesterday say, I mean, if I got to, if I got to leave my house suddenly and stop someplace, there's a chance I'm going to have to wake up the next day and leave suddenly again. <laughs> and I'm like, where's this guy running from? <laughs> so anyway, it, you could outfit your, your truck. Mav, his name's grand. Mav. Mav, okay. You should check him out. He's, he's got to be like in his early twenties and it's just like, he goes camping in minus 19 mm. just to see what it's like with a candle like it's really up yeah. your alley you should yeah. look them up all right so that's my outside it's, the box it's crazy how uh, much of a platform youtube has become to where oh, people man. people can literally make millions of dollars a year off of youtube just creating videos and like mayhem they just put out a, a, a whole documentary on their season last year i was listening to savon this yeah. morning talking about with rich about yeah it. they have two hundred fifty thousand subscribers so i don't know how many i mean i know that's multiple thousands of dollars a month of ad revenue they're getting so they're paying you know, they got a full-time media guy who's coming in and, and creating documentaries and making videos and everything. It's just, it's like a whole media empire now. I think if you get about 35 million views in a year, you've made about 59000 that $59, year. $59,000? Mm-hmm. About $59,000. <laughs> that seems pretty <laughs> yeah, it, it, says, well, it says estimated on oh, okay, the okay, thing, okay, so you okay. all right, I take it or leave yeah. Well, well and that's across it. all your videos, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's a. Do you, do you want to know the analytics on YouTube? Well, our listeners do, and that's what yeah. matters. Fantastic. Well, so the you know YouTube introduced Shorts, right? Uh-huh. It's like their competitor to TikTok and stuff like that. So full length videos, like anything that's ten minutes, you get recurring ads within the video. So you can get like a four stack of ads, which four quadruples your ad revenue for that video mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Shorter videos, obviously, you get the beginning ad and the ending ad. Shorts have no ads, so it's like negligible money. So you'll have people with like, I don't know, 200 million uh, views for the year, but they're a shorts channel. They made like $2,000 that year. You have to use the shorts to bait into a larger Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. The old bait switch. I feel a coyote idea brewing. Man. If we we could just get to 100 subscribers on our YouTube page. (laughs) 
People would pay to watch me work out. <laughs> it's just a 24-hour live stream of recurring Ben. Ben's back again. <laughs> number number 210. Here's what a live stream of the gym, like a corner of the yeah. gym. Would actually, It'd be pretty kind of comedic. Small, yeah. yeah, that would be oh, a really funny. Everybody thing. be watching that, just waiting for somebody to come in there so they could count their reps. Count oh, their- <laughs> he ain't squat low enough. I knew it. I was watch- <laughs> Last night I was watching the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, putting cameras up in our locations. That instantly started happening. Yeah, oh. Yeah. yeah, hey, how hey, do you get access to well, that? Somebody was literally text me, how, hey, can can I buy one of the workout uh, hours from you? I'm like, no, um, we're, no, <laughs> just VIP sugar wide. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we've been watching some mountain climbing uh documentaries, which have been fascinating. Uh, we started with the Alpinist. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. Have y'all heard of that? I have, I'm, my hands are sweating just when you said the title. Mm, and to get some chalk in those bad boys. This Canadian guy that um, climbs, just climbs mountains, and they're literally filming him, and he, he takes a camera up there while he's climbing. It's just fascinating. And also, it's crazy. These So many of these guys do free solo climbs, and, like, more than half of them that have done it have died, and they just yeah. they all know they're probably going to die at some point falling off a mountain. Is there, crazy yeah, is there is any hobby, like, in your mind worth doing that? <laughs> well, the crazy thing is they always – talk about these documentaries they always have like their fiance or their husband or wife talking it's like that would be such a tough relationship to get into it's such a mm-hmm. unique personality to say oh yeah i go up and climb these mountains there's a 50 percent chance i'll just go up and not come back yeah and they still will just get into this relationship and it seems like it would be so um that aspect of your life would be so challenging to, oh, to yeah. engage in an activity like that. But yeah. they're just wired differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be able to go and climb and to not have your swe- your hands get sweaty at 7,000 feet where you're just hanging on by your pinky mm-hmm. in one hand and you can look down. And, the trees are small. And you just I'm don't, out. and you don't, your mind doesn't even go to that place of worry. You just think about what's my next hold look like. Yeah. It's a, have you guys seen the, the gosh, what's it called? It's, it's Alex Honnold. Free, free, solo. free solo. Free solo. Yeah, that's yeah. the other one. We watched the Alpinist first, and we watched Free Solo, and that was just so. Alex Honnold is on there on the Alpinist. Alpinist or Alpinist? I, I think, think it's Alpinist. Alpinist. Like, like okay. yeah. so one more Alpinist. stupid thing about the English language. It's yeah. like demonstrative versus demonstrative. Because I thought it was yeah. Alpinist, but then it was Alpinist. We had this argument the other day at work. Yes, we did. Detailed or detailed? I uh, say detailed, but I say detailed too. Detailed sounds. Smarter, thank you. Pianist, it is pianist, pianist. Excuse me. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So the uh, the alpinist. alpinist. Anyway, Alex Honnold is on here and basically opens it up and is like, "Yeah, I do some crazy stuff." This guy is like the craziest person I have ever seen in my life. I'm intrigued. And that's how it opens, and you get an hour and a half of that, and yeah, it's worth the time. Okay, so both of them are worth it. Free we have solos. an outdoor theme for these for this outside. Yeah. Free solo is on Disney Plus. Yeah, can, free solo on the National Gosh, Geographic like Park. Watching that guy climb up El Capitan with just a chalk bag, and it's like in a big set of like cojones. Three, three thousand. Uh, <laughs> How are you? Three thousand pulling feet, all that weight. Uh, stone uh, wall. It's just a wall face. Uh, it's just and the, like the cameraman, like one of them, he won't even watch him when he's going through this really hard part because he thinks he's going to fall off. It's oh, just, yeah. oh, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. I think they scanned his brain, and there is something different about it, right? Is, oh, there's got to be that. Like he so just kind of operation. He doesn't have that. Yeah, they thing said light up in his brain, amygdala, amygdala, or something like mm-hmm. that. The part of the brain that makes you feel fear, and he just it, it, 
it's, it's not active. Dim. Yeah. yeah, it's very it's, dim. It's not active. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Well, and his, <laughs> he's a great he's talking to his girl about his girlfriend, and he's like, "Yeah, I told her, um, you know, I'll I'll be I'll date you, but you're it's never going to take away from my climbing, and I'm always going to pick climbing over you. I'm just going to be up front with him. I mean, he's completely honest. And with she's her. like, as he's eating eggs off a spatula <laughs> and she's in like, a van. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, he's got it figured out how to get <laughs> how women work. Like this guy can land a relationship. <laughs> What's the matter with me? I think they're married now, actually. So. <laughs> amazing Oof. uh speaking of that's that's what we've been doing we're going to be going to oh hunter i meant to tell you i'm going to be going to colorado oh, this summer way. yeah by yeah. the way for three weeks i'm gonna, I'm gonna take a month this off is my, this is my Re- pto recharge, request recharge the batteries <laughs> uh no but we've been researching uh just places to go if we committed to going to colorado and not trying to do too much trying to pick out maybe two places to go to um and part of it, like not all of it, but watching a lot of those documentaries and seeing mountains and things, mm-hmm. that's an intriguing part of the world that you could look at all these different countries to go to, and there's so many cool places to go. But I think that part of the U.S. is just, I mean, yeah. it's there's nothing like it. And so, anyway, so we're going to be going there. So we've been doing a lot of research. I went a year ago. It's amazing. We're um, going to Yellowstone this year. Do. Are you? We're, we're planning that. The ranch. Really? Yeah. yeah. So The ranch or the... Just the national park. Oh, the national park. Okay. The filming location. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, where's Costner? <laughs> <laughs> All right, outdoor themed outside yeah, the box. Good. Look that's at good. that. We're just so good at this. Yeah. I like it. Sweet. Recommends? You got any recommends? Uh, let's see. Colorado. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Great, truck. Great truck. Uh, free solo. I'm going to recommend if you're going to Overland to start saving money. That's that's my recommend. It sounds like an expensive hobby. It really is. It really is. I'll never do it. But it's I fun to it. think about. Yeah, you live vicariously through YouTube. Yeah. Well. Actually, I will do. This is not a thing, but it's actually it's something that I feel like people in their forties don't do enough. You actually do need to subscribe to things that you're interested in because mm-hmm. it tells the algorithm to feed you more things like that. And man, it keeps, it keeps your main feed from being so volatile yes. because you'll go on a kick of like, man, I'm just, I don't know why, but I've got it. I'm so curious about the differences in oils that they use in machines and stuff. Suddenly for a month, that's all YouTube you see. believes that you're a Valvoline <laughs> enhancer <laughs> and, uh, intaker. Like an Exxon executive or something. Yeah. Like, no, I was just curious. Like, yeah, exactly. One, so one I, brain well, I think people think, you know, the click, the subscribe, click subscribe, be like, stop telling me what to do. But <laughs> it's actually a good idea. It's a good idea. That's my recommend. I got a, um, I'm reading a book now called It's Better to Be Feared. It's about the New England Patriots. I'm just fascinated by the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick era, the Patriots and we'll all never see anything like it again. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and it starts kind of before, you know, it starts before Tom Brady and then also talks about Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's uh, life and lean up to this. Um, but it's fascinating, especially if you're interested in high performers. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of crazy stuff that happens behind the scenes um, in that organization over the years. So it's a good book. I, I really enjoy good uh, biography. So uh, it's better to be feared. Yeah, who a biography on just the whole, just about the Patriots as a whole, but mainly Tom Brady and Bill Belichick is what it. Are they like interviewed for it, or is it like um, data collecting? It's, and- it's a guy. Uh, it's a guy that was a um, um, you know a press guy that was has been around their team for you know 15 years or whatever so mm-hmm. he has a lot of uh interviews with them uh it's not actual like at this moment interviews but it's just like stuff that he's picked up over the years so. gotcha cool cool i, I don't do anything right <laughs> now <laughs> caleb 
No, I'm just working. You're, mm, yeah. said, I just work hard. Hunter said we're overextended, so uh, <laughs> I don't have anything to talk I'm about a, here. I, I just have no energy yeah, to produce here. Yeah. I get it. Speaking yeah, of producing, hit that space or? bar. Produce a stop? Yes. Okay. Full stop. Smooth sounds.